48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The government launches an investigation into the financial affairs of the publisher of the pro-democracy Apple Daily newspaper. Swimmer Siobhan Hohe speeds to a silver medal in Tokyo and later qualifies for a semi-final spot tomorrow. And another suspect in the LegCo primary subversion case is freed on bail. The government is launching an investigation into the financial affairs of Next Digital, the publisher of the now-defunct pro-democracy Apple Daily newspaper that was headed by tycoon Jimmy Lai. Next Digital, which has seen several senior executives charged with national security offences, was forced to close last month after the government froze some of its assets. Announcing the appointment of accountant Clement Chan as investigator, the financial secretary Paul Chan said the government was invoking really used powers under the company's ordinance. He said the investigator would have wide-ranging powers. If people do not cooperate with the inspector, there would be consequences, uh, a penalty and also uh, imprisonment. So. Uh, this inspector has given has been given very ranging ranging powers to inspect documents, to ask people to be interviewed, to ask uh, the company and its associated companies and the other related parties to provide information and to attend interviews. Swimmer Siobhan Hockey has claimed his silver medal in the women's 200 metres freestyle at the Tokyo Olympics. It's Hong Kong's second medal after fencer Chung Karong took the gold on Monday, marking the first time the SAR has scored more than one top three finish at a single Olympic Games. Shopping malls opened early so fans could gather to watch, and many were left holding their breath as Hockey led for most of the race before being pipped by Australia's Ariane Tidmus. This man at the APM Mall in Kuntong said he was proud of the silver medalist. I think it's a really great year for Hong Kong people and also the Hong Kong team. And I really hope they will step up. And of course, um, the people of Hong Kong and also the government should do even more for Hong Kong players because they deserve it. Peggy was a classmate of Hoy's at St. Paul's Secondary School in Happy Valley for six years. She was delighted to see her friend get a medal for all the hard work she'd put in. She has been very persistent having a very strict athlete schedule. Like she has a morning training before school and after school she also goes to training and this repeats like every day as a classmate and I can really tell that she's really hardworking and persistent. Like uh, how can one balance these kinds of schedules and workloads and get good results in both swimming and and Siobhan Hockey was back in the pool earlier this evening for the heats of the 100 metres freestyle. She swam it in 52.7 seconds, a new Asian record, and was only pipped to the fastest time by Australia's Emma McKeon after clocking a new Olympic record of 52.13. The semi-finals get, away, get underway tomorrow morning at 9.53 Hong Kong time. Hong Kong had earlier pulled out of the evening's women's 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay to give Hockey more time to concentrate on the sprints. The High Court has granted bail to one of the 47 pro-democracy figures facing subversion charges over their involvement in LegCo primary polls last year. Bail was set at $150,000. Jimmy Choi reports. Winnie Yu, the former head of the HA Employees Alliance, a hospital authority workers' union, had been held in custody since she was charged in late February. At a bail review hearing, National Security Judge Asta Toll agreed to release her on bail, making Ms Yu the 13th defendant in the case to be freed, as the legal proceedings continue.
As part of her bail conditions, she's required to report to the police four times a week and abide by a curfew order. She's barred from leaving Hong Kong, organizing or coordinating any elections, and contacting foreign officials or lawmakers. Ms. Yu is also banned from making or forwarding comments or carrying out any acts that could breach the national security law. The authorities alleged that last year's primaries were part of a subversive attempt by the pro-democracy camp to win enough seats in LegCo to paralyze the government. The group's case is expected to return to court on September 23rd. Health authorities say a third child of a Saudi Arabian consular employee in Hong Kong has been confirmed as having COVID-19. The 17-year-old is the older sister of two younger children who tested positive for the virus after flouting home quarantine requirements earlier this month. She was the only new COVID-19 case confirmed today. She had been staying in a quarantine centre after her siblings contracted COVID. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. And an expert in infectious diseases has urged the government to send outreach teams to housing estates to vaccinate elderly people against COVID-19. Wendy Wong reports. Dr. Ho Park Leung of the University of Hong Kong says he welcomes the government's plan to offer walk-in vaccinations to people aged 70 and above, but more needs to be done to increase the vaccine take-up among senior citizens. On an RTHK program, he said only 150,000 out of 950,000 people over 70 have taken a jab, and it will take two years to vaccinate all the elderly if the pace is not quickened. The government has been sending vaccination teams to large companies to give jabs to their employees. These outreach teams can set up mobile vaccination stations at housing estates, wherever a lot of elderly people live, or visit some elderly centres. More elderly people will receive the jabs if they find it more convenient, he said. Meanwhile, Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip, who's in charge of the vaccination program, says the government will consider extending the walk-in scheme to people aged 60 and above if the move would be welcomed by the public and vaccination centres would find the extra work manageable. Mr Nip also says the booking quota for the general public at vaccination centres will be increased. Experts at the Chinese University say they've developed the world's first test that can accurately detect colon cancer by examining a patient's stools. The M3CRC is also the first stool test that can spot recurrent polyps in the large intestine, which can be an early sign of cancer. Researchers say it's as accurate in detecting cancer as a colonoscopy, an uncomfortable procedure. Professor Francis Chan, who led the research, says the test is much more accurate than the existing FIT stool test. The FIT can only detect blood coming out or oozing of blood from big cancers, but not early cancers, and definitely not polyps. So if we can detect polyps early, by removing these polyps, we can basically prevent the occurrence of cancer. And for colon cancer, the survival of colon cancer is very much depending on the stage of cancer. Early stage, like stage 1, the 5-year survival is over 95%. For advanced stage, stage 4 cancer, it's less than 20%. Police say they have arrested 29 people, including 24 foreign domestic workers, in connection with the suspected $27 million money laundering scheme. Wendy Wong has more. 
The force said the syndicate used 35 bank accounts belonging to helpers to launder money obtained via 20 romance scams in the past year. The police's Financial Intelligence and Investigation Bureau said the scammers claimed on social media to be professionals from Europe, the United States or Southeast Asia and developed online relationships with the victims. People were then conned into depositing money into the helpers' bank accounts, which were being controlled by the syndicate. In one case, a woman was allegedly cheated out of $1.68 million by a scammer who claimed to be a computer technician from Cyprus. The fraudster told the woman he would come to Hong Kong to meet her, but they subsequently lost touch and the woman reported the matter to the police in January. The helpers were paid up to several thousand dollars for letting the syndicate use their bank accounts, police alleged. Acting Superintendent Tang Hai Tong warned people not to sell or lend their bank accounts to others. Mainland authorities have confirmed that senior diplomat Wang Yi has met with a delegation from the Taliban during a visit to Tianjin. Cecil Wong reports. The insurgent group said a nine-member delegation had met the Chinese foreign minister for talks on the peace process and security issues. In a tweet, Taliban spokesman Mohammad Naim said politics, economy and issues related to the security of both countries and the current situation of Afghanistan and the peace process were discussed in the meetings. He said the delegation had assured Chinese officials that they would not allow anyone to use Afghan soil against China, while Beijing said it would not interfere in Afghan issues, but would help to solve problems and restore peace in the country. A foreign ministry spokesperson said senior diplomat Wang Yi had met Taliban representatives in the northern city of Tianjin. The visit was likely to further cement the insurgent group's recognition on the international stage at a sensitive time, even as violence increases in Afghanistan. The militants have a political office in Qatar, where peace talks are taking place, and this month sends representatives to Iran for talks. Security in Afghanistan, with which China shares a border, has been deteriorating quickly as the United States withdraws its troops. The Taliban has launched a flurry of offensives, taking districts and border crossings around the country, while peace talks in Qatar's capital have not made substantive progress. At least one Chinese national has been injured in a gun attack in the city of Karachi in the latest assault targeting mainlanders in Pakistan. Local police said two masked assailants riding on a motorbike fired at a car carrying two Chinese nationals who were working at a nearby factory in the city. One of the passengers sustained an injury to his arm but wasn't badly hurt. The shooting comes just weeks after nine Chinese nationals were killed in northwest Pakistan when a bus carrying a team of engineers, surveyors and mechanical staff to a nearby dam site was targeted in a bombing. South Korean Prime Minister Kim Bo-kyum has warned that the latest surge in COVID infections there shows no sign of abating. Speaking as the country registered another daily record of new cases, Thailand has also registered its, highly daily, its highest daily total of new infections since the pandemic began. In Australia, it's been announced the strictest COVID measures will remain in place in Sydney and the surrounding area for another four weeks, as the BBC's Shama Khalil reports. What's really concerning is that the number of cases remains persistently high. So the trajectory is actually going upwards, which means that experts are predicting that this could go on until September, even not just at the end of August. New South Wales has recorded 177 locally acquired cases today. That is the highest number since the beginning of the outbreak. 46 of them were active while infectious in the community. In the United States, President Biden says his administration is considering whether to make it compulsory for all federal government employees to receive coronavirus vaccines. 
Infections driven by the Delta variant have been rising, prompting the Centers for Disease Control to change its guidance. Where transmission rates are high, people are being advised to wear masks indoors again. The top U.S. infectious diseases expert, Anthony Fauci, told PBS News Hour it was prudent. When the CDC made that recommendation 60 days ago, you were dealing with the Alpha variant, which is very different than the Delta variant we're seeing now. So it isn't a question of the CDC flip-flopping in a vacuum. They are keeping up with the evolution of what's going on with the virus. Returning to the Tokyo Olympics, and it's been a mixed bag for Hong Kong in badminton. Here's Francis Sid. The team of Tsai ying and Tan Chen Man made it to the semi-finals of the mixed doubles. They defeated Great Britain's Lauren Smith and Marcus Ellis in two straight games, winning 21-13 and 21-18. The Hong Kong duo now face top-seeded Hong Ya Chong and Jiang Siwei from China. In the men's singles, Angus Ng failed to return to the last 16 at the Olympics. He was stunned by Kevin Corden of Guatemala, losing in two straight games, 22-20 and 21-13. In the women's singles, Cheng An Yi was knocked out two games to love by the 2019 world champion PV Sindhu of India. The Hong Kong player was competing in her first Olympics. She signs off with a win and a loss from two group matches. In table tennis, Du Hoi Kem has been eliminated in the quarterfinals by China's Cheng Meng. The Hong Kong player started strongly by taking the first two games. But the mainlander hit back with four straight wins to take the match four games to two. Next up for Du is the women's team competition, which gets underway on Sunday. She'll be joined by Hong Kong teammates Li Ho Ching and Minnie Su. The first match is against Brazil. The American gymnast Simone Biles has pulled out of another event at the Tokyo Olympics. She's withdrawn from the all-around competition in which she's the defending champion. More from the BBC's Alex Capstick. The decision by Simone Biles follows last night's surprise withdrawal from the team event in which the USA won silver behind Russia. Afterwards, the most decorated gymnast of all time said she was suffering from emotional issues. That coming to the Olympics as the main star after such a difficult year in which the pandemic had delayed the Games was taking its toll and causing stress. The US team said she would be continually assessed, but in a statement today said they wholeheartedly support her and applaud her bravery in prioritising her well-being. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The government launches an investigation into the financial affairs of the publisher of the pro-democracy Apple Daily newspaper. Swimmer Siobhan Hockey speeds to a silver medal in Tokyo and later qualifies for a semi-final spot. And another suspect in the Legico primaries, subversion cases freed on bail. And now the weather, it'll be mainly cloudy with occasional showers and squally thunderstorms. Temperatures will range between 27 and 31 degrees tomorrow. Moderate southwesterly winds occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook, occasional showers and squally thunderstorms in the following couple of days. Showers will be heavy at times. The temperature is currently 30 degrees and the humidity is 78%. And that's the news from RTHK. Does a love kiss stay in my memory? 